Welcome to Sport Management Review Insights. I'm your host, Vito Subram. The issue of racial discrimination among coaches in elite sport has received a great deal of attention recently. We discussed some of that research on this podcast. But why specifically does this discrimination occur? Well, that's the topic for this episode. And joining us to consider this is a researcher who's published several studies on discrimination in sport, including racial bias. He's assistant professor in the School of Kensiology at University of Louisiana at Lafayette. It's Jeremy Foreman. Welcome, Jeremy. Thanks, Vitor. I'm happy to be here. It's a pleasure to have you on. Jeremy and co-author Robert Turek recently published The Effect of Race on Lateral Moves to Coach Central Positions. And Jeremy, I, I know it's a bit different in American football now, but when I've taught some sport management students and I've asked them in Europe to think of a non-white coach at the elite level of sport and they struggle. So we know this is a major issue, but how does your research help us understand racial discrimination in sport? Yeah, well, there's a lot of research in this area looking at you know qualitative and quantitative aspects of uh, racial discrimination in sports, but determining exactly when that's occurring is difficult and also to an extent or to a great extent why it's occurring. And, uh, and in this quantitative research that, that uh, myself and Dr. Turek did, we're able to look at both when and to an extent why uh, that's occurring. So previous research has seen things more holistically. We know there's a problem because we can see it in the outcome, what you were looking at. Well, where does that start? What is the specific point where we're starting to see the problem? Exactly, yeah. So uh, we know that there is some limitations that minority coaches face when uh, especially getting to the ranks of head coach. And so that's been in most of the headlines that you read. But most of the quantitative research has not found evidence of racial discrimination occurring at that at that point where they're getting hired to be a head coach. So one of the articles that we referenced by Solo, Solo, and Walker, they say that they didn't find any statistically significant evidence of racial discrimination occurring at that point. From the basically assistant head coach, which is the offensive and defensive coordinators in American football, to the head coach position, when, when that promotion occurs, they couldn't find that, that evidence of racial discrimination, but they do say that it may be occurring earlier on, right? And then there's, earlier on, there's a lot of research on like racial stacking in college football and how the position you play may affect um, your likelihood of coaching at higher levels. So we want to look at right in between those two points where, you know, there are already coaches in the NFL. They get hired as position coaches or assistant position coaches at some level there. And eventually a lot of the coaches will make a lateral move from, say, a wide receiver coach to a quarterback coach. And so we want to investigate that. It's almost like you're looking for the Goldilocks zone for your research. Absolutely. Yes. Not too hot, not too cold. Right. And where did you get the idea for this? Was it from reading the, the previous literature or were you just like watching an NFL game going, I think there's something here? I guess it, it all kind of added up where, you know, like the solo article saying it's it's not occurring here, maybe it's earlier, uh, or at least they couldn't find evidence of it occurring at that higher zone. And I had already collected all a lot of this data for a previous project. And I also know that a lot of people think that position coaches always play the position that they coach, but that's not true. In fact, a lot of people look to take it even a step further. A lot of people say that, you know, the disparities in race among the NFL players is 
far different from the disparities, the racial disparities among NFL head coaches. But there's no actual requirement to be an NFL head coach, right? And so understanding where that pool of coaches comes from and understanding that, that there's position coaches out there who are coaching positions that they never played. It's interesting to look at, well, who's actually being chosen for these central positions and by central positions in, in this article, we refer to uh, quarterbacks and linebackers. I just want to mention for the, the non-American football audience that uh, unlike some other sports in American football, you have specific coaches for specific positions like quarterback, like linebacker, like defensive end, cornerback, that kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. And it turns out that these positions that are centrally, both centrally located on the field, as well as um, have sort of central roles in whether it's the offensive side of the ball or the defensive side of the ball, uh, which are typically the quarterback position is centrally located on the field spatially, as well as, you know, a sort of center for communication and decision making. And uh, same with the linebackers on the defensive side of the ball. So these are the two positions where these position coaches, the coaches who coach those specific positions, are more likely to get promoted to that uh, sort of second tier of coaching position, which is the coordinator or assistant head coach position. And then they can be promoted from there to head coach. So facilitating that promotion to that coordinator assistant head coach position is vital to getting those opportunities for head coach. So on that idea of centrality, you, you actually use it as your theoretical framework. So I, I assume it's not based in this idea of sport, uh, theoretically. Uh, can you tell us a bit more about the theoretical aspect of centrality and how it fits with what you were doing? Absolutely. So uh, any position in any organization, if you are in a situation where you have more access to information, maybe you're either spatially located in a certain position to where you can communicate with others in that organization. And so maybe your boss comes and gives you the information so that you can disseminate it to the rest of the team, or you can just coordinate with people. And so through, through this idea of centrality, you gain all sorts of benefits you gain this additional information as being like the middle of this uh you can view it like uh, spokes on a bicycle right so as you're as you're talking to all these different people at the ends, ends of these spokes you're getting more information from leaders you're able to make more decisions in that capacity you're certainly more visible your communication skills are developing more and so you're getting all these benefits that are eventually going to help you for motion to that next level. It, it almost sounds like a network hub, doesn't it? Where you've got, you're Absolutely. kind of central to all these things going on. Certainly, yes. And so based on, on, that, on that theory and, and on, the, on the previous literature, what were you expecting to find in the research? What were your hypotheses? We expected, based on all the literature regarding uh, racial discrimination and stacking in sports and especially in American football, we were expecting that the black coaches in the sample would be less likely to laterally move to coach a central position from say, from wide receivers coach to quarterbacks coach, or from say a uh, defensive backs coach to a linebackers coach. So these, these guys are, would have been coaching more peripheral positions and not coordinating with so many people into positions where they're coaching these centrally located, coordinating with other coaches more and, and getting more of that information. And so one of our hypotheses was the black position coaches would be less likely to laterally move to these central positions. Another one was that 
over time, the black coaches who coached underneath or under the supervision of the minority head coaches would have more opportunities to transition from a non-central position coach to a central position coach. We had less evidence that there was a time effect of blacks being able to laterally move to central positions based on being coached by a minority head coach and that changing over time. And our, our original thought was, well, a lot of coaches uh, in the history of the NFL, there have not been a lot of black, for example, quarterback coaches. And so deviating from that norm, there would need to be more perhaps legitimacy associated with that, uh, with making that decision. So as time goes on and there's more and more successful black quarterback coaches, black linebacker coaches, and it's more acceptable to have these black coaches coaching these central positions, then we may see that trend increase over time because the early minority head coaches didn't have largely minority coaching staffs. And so that was a trend that sort of increased. And so we, we graphed that, that trend out and noticed that there was actually a spike right before about 2003, about the 2002 season. And then it started to sort of decrease or taper off. And so we, we actually had two hypotheses related to how time affected the likelihood of black coaches to laterally move to coach central positions. So we anticipated that it would increase up until about 2002, 2003, and then start to decrease. Those were our hypotheses. How did you go about testing these hypotheses? So we had a, uh, I, I heard you talking to Pam Vicker on a previous episode about dummy variables. So please refer back to that. Pam Vicker, she's amazing. Thanks, thanks for, for plugging another podcast. <laughs> We use the dummy variable, which holds the value of either zero or one um, to, to indicate whether a position coach was either black or non-black. And then we used another variable and interacted that times whether the coach was a minority coach or not, the head coach. And so we had one variable for whether the position coach was black or non-black, one variable for whether it was a black position coach under a minority head coach or not. And then we had a variable that measured that, that situation over time and multiplied it by a count of the seasons. So uh, zero, one, two, three, four, five, all the way through the sample period. And that sample was the, the NFL over the past 30 something years, I believe. Yeah, it was from 1984 through uh, the 2016 season, where we use that last year of data to see if they actually made the change or not. Um, so it was really only 1984 to 2015. Uh, we started with 1984. That's when um, Tony Dungy became the first African-American uh, offensive or defensive coordinator. That was our sample period. And so that's how we, those are the variables that we use to, to test the hypotheses. And I assume you added the quantitative magic then. I, I don't know what happens. Uh, yes, we use we use logistic regression, and you can also see various uh, descriptive statistics that are posted on the article as well. And, and testing the hypotheses, we were looking for statistically significant variables and positive or negative coefficients and found that the um, coefficient for indicating whether the position coach was black or non-black was negative, indicating that they are less likely to move to coach central positions if they're black and then if they were black and coaching under a 
a minority head coach. That alone was not statistically significant, but the one uh, that showed the time variable as well. So if you're a black position coach coaching under a minority head coach, um, that increased until that 2002 time period, just consistent with the descriptive statistic graph that we developed for this article as well. And then it starts to uh, deteriorate after that. So overall, if you're a black position coach, you're less likely to laterally move to coach a central position, but it becomes increasingly more likely if you're coaching a, if you're a black position coach coaching underneath a, the supervision of a minority head coach up until about 2002, and then it starts to decrease from there again. It mostly confirmed your hypotheses that you had going into it. Yes, mostly. <laughs> now, what does this all mean? How did this advance our understanding of racial discrimination? As I said during, towards the beginning, it was um, we just didn't have an understanding of this sort of situation at all, where coaches are are moving from one from coaching one position to another, and knowing that that's sort of a gateway to coaching these higher level positions within the NFL. Them finding out that they have less access to these positions, black coaches have less access to these uh, central coaching positions. Really, they should be just as likely as white coaches, regardless of what coaches or what positions they coach since they're moving. If coaches are moving to coach different positions, then it's not just because they played the position in the past, right? Being able to understand exactly at what point some of this discrimination may be occurring and that, that there's really no reason why it should be occurring really advances our understanding in that in that respect so in the nfl there's the rooney rule where they uh are trying to promote um opportunities for minority coaches they've recently expanded it and so we we have some recommendations in the article as well uh that we wrote before they recently expanded it but but it also helps us try to formulate how can we move forward and how can this research help craft policy that can actually make change, which is really important because even that Rooney rule that has been adopted and implemented in the NFL has been expanded to, to other organizations outside of sport as well. So it could have not only uh, implications for, for sport, but outside of sport as well. It sounds like the discrimination was, was happening perhaps before we had previously thought it, it was happening at a lower level before they were getting to the elite level. It does. Yeah. So um, that's true. Also, it turns out that uh, with all the research on racial stacking and uh, stacking certain people in certain positions, that's actually probably more profound than it was previously thought as well, since it's, since it could affect opportunities to coach central positions uh, as well as they, as these players move to the coaching ranks. So you said you had some recommendations and, and of course the, the listeners can go and read those, but let's say Roger Goodell came to you and said, I love your research. Tell me what to do to fix this issue. What would you tell him? Well, I don't think he would say that he loves my research, but, um, but I would appreciate that. Really, this is all for just trying to improve a situation, right? And I think everybody's on board for that. But I think from the specifics of this paper and the opportunities for laterally moving into central, to coach central positions. There's already several initiatives that the NFL has. There's the Bill Walsh Diversity Coaching Fellowship, and that could, that has opportunities to be expanded so that could start getting some uh, mentoring 
of black coaches who are interested in coaching central positions. And that could really help on multiple fronts, whether it's getting black coaches into those central coaching positions, or if it's getting more, more black coach or more black, for example, quarterbacks to actually play it with a, because I would imagine that they would have more opportunities under a, a black position coach. So it sounds like, like we, you mentioned before, getting into that level, starting to implement the, the policies they already have, but at that Goldilocks level where it's really going to make a difference. Absolutely. Yes. That's, that's the key. Jeremy, thank you so much. It's really interesting research and hopefully the sport organization starts taking what you've done on board. Thank you. I, I'd be remiss if I, I didn't say uh, thank you to the reviewers of this, of this article because that interaction with them was great and it really greatly helped improve this article. And uh, I've had nothing but great experiences through the review process with Sport Management Review. So to whoever those reviewers are who reviewed this paper, thank you. And thanks for listening to Sport Management Review Insights. At the Sport Management Review website, you'll find all the latest research being published, including the article discussed in this episode, The Effect of Race on Lateral Moves to Coach Central Positions. That's it for this episode, but take a look. There's plenty more you can download to your favorite podcast player. Until then, it's bye for now.